0: Tell them here and let them be. Well, I got something deep inside of me. I can't hide it anymore. It needs to be so free. There's no Hello, welcome to the show. Uh, My guest is a a good friend of mine. We're going to get into a specific question I have about one of his uh, recent films. This is uh, writer-director Ben Kressman. Hello. Hey, David. (laughs) Uh, And the world. So, yeah. Yeah, so Ben, usually a more reclusive artist uh, who's made a couple features. uh, One of which I want to ask about, uh, I guess you're most known for, is Sunchoke. Mm-hmm. that's that's your i remember you at one point i went to one of your screenings and you described it or someone described it as like a horror film in the daytime mm-hmm. uh, so i wanted to ask uh i felt like one phenomenon that's come about with sunchoke is the responses you get on twitter <laughs> where people just yes. i just want to know how you what your thoughts about it because you know I, I hope people get a chance to see the film but there's a lot of you know very disturbing imagery and storytelling and moments, but some of the comments you get are like, I don't know. You post them sometimes because they're, yeah, wow, they're funny. Yeah, like how? What? How did that?
1: I don't know. I mean, I I don't really uh, I don't interact online much. I mean, I post on Instagram, but my account is private, and like I I actively try to only keep it to friends, like people that I know. Right. And Twitter. I stopped really using for any reason other than to promote stuff about the movie um, because it's just a cesspool and, like, I don't really want to engage in it in any kind of way. But, you know, even, you know, a few years later, I mean, the movie came out in 2016 and ugh, that's terrifying. Um, and here we are in 2019. and But I still do get, you know, usually once a week, um sometimes more it depends like there was just a festival a film festival in london that we had our european premiere at in 2015 and so every year around that time like people bring it up because they're like oh i remember i we saw this movie you know anyway um yeah but yeah i mean people comment about it being disturbing or you know i mean periodically and i guess thankfully rarely um I get a negative comment. Um, the truth is, and, you know, I'm sure that people have hated the movie. Um, in fact, like members of my own family hate the movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but for the most part, it's, you know, people are, are, you know, just voicing that they thought it was a wild experience to watch it or, yeah. or you know, they, they praise the performances, which I'm always really gratified to hear because there are some really great performances in it. But then I started screenshotting the Twitter comments and putting them on Instagram, just because I don't know. I thought it was fun. I mean, I also screenshot like as you've probably seen, like lots of Jose Canseco Twitter comments. Oh yeah, no I doubt. And I put those on, and I'm you know big, big Jose Canseco fan, as we all are. Um,
0: I uh, that that reminds that triggers a memory of me seeing his brother at the South Coast Plaza in Costa Mesa, California, because wow. his brother's like a twin. Really, yeah, Ozzy Canseco, right?
1: Shut the fuck up! I did not know. And really,
0: well, they look really close, Ozzy. To so like... it's
1: probably Oswaldo, right?
0: Yeah, oh, that's so cool. if they're not twins, they look really or he's close. like the
1: skinny version. He's like skinny <laughs> Captain America versus jacked. Um... There,
0: we might have to look this up on our phones oh after this. Uh,
1: I love it, but
0: yeah, I didn't see Jose himself. I saw his brother, and they look very similar. You did a double
1: take, though. You were like, that's... I definitely yeah. yeah, and I was like. He has a daughter, Jose Canseco, named Josie Canseco, who really? is who is like a, a like a Instagram model or maybe a regular model. I don't know. That's okay. not really important, but um, but yeah, Jose Canseco is a fucking gem. Um, but yeah, I mean, so but getting back to Sancho, the the uh, it's always, I mean, anytime you make something, it's always interesting to see what people think about it, and yeah. Um, I don't generally engage with if somebody like compliments it. I'll retweet it or I'll like it or both. But I'm not necessarily gonna be like, "Hey, thanks for watching," um, which is maybe obnoxious. I, I don't know. Again, my my internet etiquette is all fucked up. Um, but
0: well, I like that uh, you like the hate hateful comments too. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean yeah.
1: Well, that's the that's I mean, like it's such a blessing to have been able to make a movie, like an actual movie that got released and. Is in the world for people to watch. Yeah, yeah, and you know, this is the like humble bragger. It's 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 a uh, you know mostly gotten pretty good reviews, eighty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, no, I, I just noticed that it's my... not as good
1: on Metacritic, but they're you know, <laughs> um, but it, uh, yeah. So you know, when people, but when any reaction to me is 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 interesting. You know, it's like if somebody hated it or they yeah. they thought it was boring mm-hmm. or it was just like a what the fuck. That's the most common. It's like what the fuck did I just watch? Um, and yeah, it always, you know, it always puts a smile on my face. Yeah. Ultimately that somebody watched it. I mean, when you make you know, an independent film, um, with a limited release and a sort of limited resources to advertise it and get it out in the world, like every single time somebody watches it, I'm, and I'm aware of it. I'm fucking thrilled. Um, and so at that point, like it's their, reaction to have you know like they've already done me a solid by watching the movie yeah like, for sure like, yeah i i mean i hope people enjoy it but you know again that's not up to me anyway so yeah you know i try not to think about it too much um
0: no but i mean yeah i was just gonna say like either positive or negative like the comments are usually passionate mm-hmm. which is what i noticed like either they like love something in a, in the film or like despise a yeah. certain moment, but it's, like, very strong. Yeah, Which yeah. is great. I no, it's it, cool, right? I mean, yeah. like,
1: it would be a real bummer if the comments were, like,
0: meh. Right. You know, Me- like meh is that, a tough one yeah. for... for uh,
1: and, and you know, so I guess for better or for worse, that has been the theme of the sort of overall reaction to it. It's, like, people either really like it or really don't. And But even some of the, the people who really don't, I mean, like, there's a guy, and I... Um, who he sort of in a roundabout way kind of advocated for the film. He didn't like it, but um, and he's like a, like a in the horror world development person um, and didn't like the movie, but it stuck with him. And he had come to like a friends and family screening um, before we had even gotten into any festivals. And, but again, he, he watched it, didn't like it, but it stuck with him. So he recommended it to a film festival, and that was the, ultimately ended up being the first film festival that we got into. And after that, as you know, that's cool. You, you know, you've had fest, films and festivals before, like, yeah, yeah, it's getting into the first one is the hard one. Then after that, the dominoes start to fall, you know, because people are aware that your film is mm-hmm. at one festival it's like you're not even applying anymore they're just like hey would you be interested in screening yeah, yeah. here and
0: yeah you get recruited a little um, bit yeah, yeah. and it,
1: and it changes the the whole kind of tenor of the process and um so so again i mean from the earliest or not the earliest stages or maybe even but um you know that that somebody who didn't even like sort of yeah. in quotes didn't like the movie still felt enough about it to advocate for it is i mean that's awesome and yeah so yeah it's uh,
0: um but yeah let's uh not to digress No, but yeah, we're dig- here we're well. here to hear we're here to hear a story you don't tell yeah Public, or never told publicly never maybe told. maybe some people know here and there in your yeah, private bits and lives. pieces bits and pieces so we're going to hear the whole i don't know what it is uh so i guess we'll see i mean i know what you, i know how you write you know mm-hmm. so like well, and and you'll, <laughs> but you'll, you're not like that, like in the day to day. No,
1: no. Well, and and you'll, I think you'll, you'll see that, like the stuff that you know about me and my my work, you'll see in the story. Um, yeah, there's no horses are involved, so you can rest assured. <laughs> um, is that a, that's too deep a cut? You, the the horse the horse fucking scene that I wrote in uh, in scene writing class. Oh or was yeah, it, it was shepherd's class maybe. Um, Shout out
0: to. Professor Shepherd Shepard. Yeah, yes, Mark Shepherd. yes. Um, I forgot about that, yeah scene. i yeah. Do, I remember it now because we were like, whoa, dude, yeah, no, well,
1: i was I was the dude who wrote the horse fucking scene, like, yeah, that sort of became the um but this is no horse fucking or horses of any kind,
0: great, um, but uh yeah, so yeah, whenever, so whenever you're ready, I all the uh, yeah all our animal lover listeners can rest assured yeah, no,
1: no animals were hurt in other than human animals um were hurt in the okay creation of this story yeah
0: um, let's let's hear it
1: cool I'm bev up here real quick
0: yeah uh this uh no sponsors though i think we got green tea here oh yeah no so I'm a, ben's an official I'm a, I'm a green tea advocate yeah i drink too much of it um so for anyone any green tea companies out there want to sponsor this episode? oh yes
1: or me directly um yeah but not like lipton or fucking arizona or any of that bullshit i want the, the good stuff. sure just, ito n you know what I'm talking about. T <laughs> T. Anyway, as I was telling you before we started recording, the story that I initially wanted to tell and will um, is actually sort of just picks up at the what I, I realized oh, sort of on further investigation is actually sort of picks up at the midpoint of what the story really is. Okay, um, okay, got it. So this all takes place my senior year of high school. okay. And uh, it started, I went to an arts high school. I went to Loxa, um, the L.A. County High School for the Arts. And so it was like a mornings, you had your academics. And in the afternoon, you had one art class. I was in visual arts, but, you know, there was theater, music, all that stuff. Dance. Okay. Um, and so Wednesdays, I had, uh, <laughs> so funny to think about it. Like, uh, I guess it was like computer graphics it was called or like digital design or something okay. this is in 19 or 2000 99 2000 um and i mean we were working on those the imacs with like the big green they were the multicolored oh, ones yeah. like from the like the earliest yeah, I mean, yeah that was like the hot shit we were like wow these are really incredible machines um but yeah it was like you know digital design working with like Photoshop version one or whatever it was at that point. And, okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm in that class, um, doing whatever I was doing. And I got, uh, like a, a, girl who I, I knew was a student at the school, but didn't know her, um, came into class and pulled me out of class and it was very strange. And I was like, yeah, like, She was like, Are you you? Basically, I was like, Yes, I'm me. And you know, it's like, Okay, like, do you know this kid? Um, you know, I'm gonna leave leave names out of the whole equation for Um, sure. Yeah, and 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 not, you know, no need for fake names, I don't think. But basically, it was like, Do you know this kid? It was like, Yes, that's like one of my best friends. Um, she's like, Okay, well, he died. Oh, um, wow, on Sunday, this was Wednesday, he had an aneurysm. It was very abrupt. Um, you know, what I later learned from his parents was, yeah, it's like he was out in the hallway talking to his mom, walked mm. into his bedroom. She heard, like, a thunk. Wow. And she walked in, and he was essentially already dead. Um, so
0: you just, he wasn't at school. You just thought he had the flu or Well, something? no,
1: we sorry, to clarify, we, we were not at, we did not go to the same school at
0: uh. that point.
1: Um, we met at... Uh, uh, at, at the, at the Eagle Rock element or sorry, Eagle Rock middle school okay. gifted magnet. Um, and then we parted ways. I went to Loxa. He went to Harvard Westlake.
0: Um, oh, so it would make sense that you wouldn't know that the, the, exactly. week, the school week, like, exactly. oh, my friend's exactly. at school, you're at school. Whatever. Exactly.
1: Okay. Um, but this girl, as it turns out, lived around the corner from him. And had, they had become friends, like, I think he's, like, walking the dog, and, like, they literally just, like, encountered encountered each other, and, you know, were two teens, and I don't know, whatever, they struck up a friendship. Um, and so, this person, this girl who I've, I'm aware of, but have never met, mm-hmm. is telling me that my, really, I mean, you know, we had become, like, best friends at, at, at that point. Um, yeah. And that, like, my best friend was dead. And... Wow, yeah. So you know, I mean, what do you do with that? Um, and you're, you know, I mean, I'm 17 at yeah. that point, and you know, I mean, p- the, the the shock of it is, you know, you don't really know how to process a thing like that. So you, I mean, essentially, it was just like, okay, it was right at the end of class, as I remember it, and. So I, we, I, we did like a, cause this is like a charter school sort of, not a magnet, but like it was an art school. People came, kids came from all around yeah. to go there. And so they organized carpools. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember going to the girl who drove my carpool and was just like, I, I gotta get home. Like some shit happened. I gotta get home. And yeah. she was like, okay, got me home. Um, and I called my mom, who was out of town on business, um, and I was, I was raised by my mom exclusively and, and, you know, by this time, I mean, I was, I was used to being at home for, she would go out of town for a week or so at a time, um, a couple times a year. And so this was normal for me, but, um, something like this happening while she was gone was not. I called her and she freaked out. She got on the next plane home.
0: Mm.
1: Um... I got a ticket at the airport picking her up later that night just to cap off like a, a really shitty day. I'm just remembering that now. Um, but then my, my sort of other best friend um, who remains uh, a best friend to this day, um, I called him. They knew each other sort of vaguely, but it was sort of like I was the connection. Right, right. And so I called him and he came over <laughs> with like wrapped in like a, it was like a, like a hobo, you know, like a, like a bandana. Like he unfurls this like bandana and he's just like dozens of loose cigarettes. Okay. Like they had him and some other friends of ours had like stolen from, they were like confiscated cigarettes that like they stole back or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, me and and my friend smoked cigarettes just back to back to back to back, um, essentially until my mom you know, was scheduled to get in and then I left to go get her at the airport and got a ticket and, and so on and so forth. So there's a memorial service a week or so later. Okay. Um, and the, my, my, my cigarette friend uh came with me to the memorial service along with my mom. And it was at Occidental College in this amphitheater um there. And then there was a memorial, like a, a wake or whatever. Yeah. Um, Afterwards, at Harry Anderson's house, remember Harry Anderson from Night Night Court, the magician? I do, um, he yeah. He died not too long ago, actually. Yeah. Um, this beautiful house in Pasadena, just stunning. And, you know, we went to this thing, and I remember, you know, it's like there were kids from his high school. There kids that I knew vaguely but was not super friends with, and, and, you know, everybody's parents. And it was a very strange thing, and so me and my friend left at a certain point. Um and like, I grew up in, in Silver Lake, um, but I, by the end of high school, we had moved to South Pasadena, um, be, essentially because my, my mom's car just kept getting broken into where we <laughs> lived, and she was just like, fuck this. But this, my, my, my friend, you know, my cigarette friend, that's such a weird, um, you know, anyway, he, uh, he lived in South Pass too, and, and so we got sort of even closer at that point, and we had also, as teenagers do had a roster of places that we would go in the area to go smoke weed. And so one of those places was up at the top of this like dead end street at the top of above the 134, like the San Rafael exit. I don't know if you know. The, a little bit. But like yeah. you go all the way, there's a golf course there and you go all the way to the top. There's a dead end street. There's like a house with they've got their own vineyard. It's fucking crazy. Um, but it overlooks the golf course. And we would go up there and, and get stone and we, and we did that. Um, and I remember it was a really beautiful sunset. And
0: was this uh, like the first loss you experienced, like uh, someone in your age group? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. mean okay. I had
1: lost both grandparents at that point, but that's like what grandparents do is they die, <laughs> you know, um, and, and it's unfortunate, right, right, right. but you know, that's the way the world but a, works. But a peer, um, someone, but yeah, someone yeah, in your age group. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, I was, it definitely threw me into a very um, sort of reflective, introspective, kind of journey phase of my life that lasted ultimately like a, a couple years. Um, but at this, you know, partic- on this particular occasion, you know, we were getting stoned and, and we and we decided, you know what? And the, the details on this are admittedly a little hazy, but I'm going to just, you know, for the sake of the story, we decided that we were going to stop smoking weed until the end of the school year. Okay. Um, that, like, sounds like some sort of commitment, but the the truth is that at the same time, we had also, my whole friend group had gotten really into mushrooms. Like, okay. really into mushrooms. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, like, we, we had a, a girl that I was friends with from, she's from Echo Park. I was from Silver Lake. We knew each other through high school. And um, she put me in touch with this guy who was selling mushrooms at like a, it was like $320 a quarter pound, which is, you know, I don't know what mushrooms go for now. Um, then it was really cheap. And so we would buy these quarter pounds, a much big bag of mushrooms. And then, you know, my, my friends, because um, we didn't go to the same, they went to um, another private school in the valley and, and, and I went to, you know, this Laksa. And so they were selling Enough of the mushrooms to the rich private school kids to make back the money. And then we just had, like, this surplus of magic mushrooms. And so every weekend, without fail, and during the week for them, a lot, of, like, there were, there were, some of them were doing it at school and shit. I could not handle that. But we were doing mushrooms every weekend. Okay, And, <laughs> um, like, the guy, the guy that we were buying them from, we went once to, to pick up from him. I, like, walk up to his car, and it was, like, one of those, he, like, turns... And on the side of his face is this fucking gigantic spider bite. I mean, it was like a golf ball on the side of his face. Whoa. And it was like one of the, it's like you, you, like you exclaim out loud. You don't mean to because it clearly makes somebody feel terrible about something they're already really sensitive about. <laughs> right, right. But it was like, what the fuck happened to your face? And, you know, spider bite, whatever, whatever. We bought our mushrooms and went on our way. But it was a shocking. But, you know, again, it was a sort of real introspective phase for me. And, and you know... Hallucinogenic drugs are. I mean, I'm not trying to like I'm not advocating for it. You know, I'm not whatever. Maybe I am. Um, they go introspection and and yeah. hallucination kind of can go hand in hand. Um, yeah, these are the viewpoints of only Ben. Yeah, the exactly. podcast <laughs> do not represent those of the the podcast or you know management or whatever. Like I said, we were doing mushrooms a lot, and one. Friday or Saturday, whatever it was. Um, again, mom was out of town. Okay. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, tonight, I'm going to stay in. I'm going to take mushrooms by myself. I'd never done that before. It was always like a group thing. So I'm going to take mushrooms by myself and I'm going to like, really like, I like try to curate some experience for myself. So I like, in you know, I, the first thing I did was I, 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 I took the mushrooms and I sort of waited for them to kick in and then I put headphones on. I listened to on a Discman cuz this was 2000. I didn't even have like a mini disc player. Um Discman. Yeah. listened to John Coltrane's A Love Supreme. Um I had all like I I had always sort of been a jazz fan. Um my uncle was really into it and he got me into it from a fairly young age. Um and so I was certainly aware of John Coltrane but I wasn't aware of the work that he had done. There's a label called Impulse. And so when he went to Impulse, his, his music changed drastically and Okay. Um, and a Love Supreme is sort of the the like the apotheosis of 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 that kind of shift and and you can it's a it's a remarkable piece of work and you know it's essentially a suite of maybe forty minutes, thirty-eight minutes. Um and so it's like okay, I'm gonna listen to this, you know, in headphones, like with my eyes closed, and, okay, and see what happens. And and so I did that, yeah, and it was uh, f- fine. I get, I don't actually the that I mean that's not where the story comes from. This is just the sort of you know again part of the, just part of it, um, yeah. But uh, but so I listened to that and you know had whatever. It probably felt cathartic, um, sure, at the at the time and then. But you know it's 38 minutes. And a mushroom <laughs> trip can last, you know, four, six, eight hours. Um, and I was like, all right, so what the fuck am I going to do now? And so I popped on a movie, again, on VHS. Nice. Um, a film called Flight of Dragons, which is an animated film from, like, the early 80s, I think. Um, like John Ritter is one of the voices, James Earl, James Earl Jones. Okay. It's great. Um, it's It's a sort of, like set in the age of dragons but as like science is taking over and so like humans are are like forgetting about magic and it's like oh what a thing to watch while you're you know tripping
0: I, and, yeah i can imagine <laughs> um, so i started
1: watching that and while i'm watching it, i get a call um from some friends of mine and telling me that like they're going to a party and they're gonna come pick me up and we're gonna go out. They knew that I was, you know, going through sort of a rough time. I don't think they knew. I'm not sure if they knew that I was on mushrooms at first. And I think I was probably like, "No, I'm on mushrooms." Staying in my house. Like I'm not going to a party. Yeah. I did um, leave the house and go with them to the party. We, um, it's a little hazy, um, but we like, we picked some other people up, and uh, the my friend who was driving had this amazing um, like a VW van. Uh-oh. So we just, like, stuffed, like, a bunch of people in it and then rode out to, they came out to South Astina to get me, and then we rode out to Hollywood to go to this party. By the time we get there, this is, like, a full-blown fucking experience for me. I'm really, like, it's it's fun and interesting. I'm not scared or, or anything like that, but it's, whew, you know? Um, yeah. And so I'm at this party, and, you know, it's just all, like, high school kids who are from families much better off than mine, um, which I think I only, it didn't occur to me until maybe probably my twenties, like how self-conscious I was in those scenarios being Mm -hmm. like the not rich kid in a room full of rich kids. Right. Um, Okay. Yeah. And, but, uh, and this was mostly kids from one, one private school where my, my friends with my friends went, but there were some, there's some crossover. And so there were some people from the school where my, my friend who had died went and uh, Harvard Westlake. Yeah. Harvard okay. Westlake. And so somebody knew or some, I ended up having a conversation with, with um, somebody about it. And I remember thinking like, okay, I got to get out of this conversation. Like this mm-hmm. is way too heavy for me. Like, cause they like didn't know him that well, but it was sort of like, Hey, I heard this happened. And like, Oh, you knew? And it's like, I got to get out of here. Um, yeah, 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 And so, I do. I go outside. I um, mean, it's this beautiful big house. Huge house. Big yard. Terraced. Just fucking gorgeous. But I need to, to get away from it. So I got away from it. Um, And I go outside. And eventually, some of my friends sort of migrated out there as well. And I was real worked up. And I wanted to, like I needed to to get that energy out somehow. And I decided that I want to fight someone. Um, (laughs) And again, that's, you know, at least my experience with, with mushrooms is like, sometimes those things happen. You get a notion and it's like, I got to do this now. Part of it also was that this was again, the spring of 2000 fight club had come out in 99.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. um, On top of the top of mind. Yeah. Yeah,
1: And well, and, and even more on the top of mind, um, I was in, my my Friday art class was a filmmaking class. And our assignment, a recent assignment was to remake a scene from a movie that you like. Okay. And so I made the scene in Fight Club where Brad Pitt and Edward Norton fight for the first time out front of the bar.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. Me
1: me and these two friends of mine shot it in an alley in Old Town, Pasadena. Um, I wish I had a copy of it. Oh my God, I can't even imagine how bad it is or was or um, but anyway, so yeah, fighting was was at the top of mind and, and and felt like a like a way to achieve some more catharsis. So I I wanted to fight and I don't know how I recruited uh, the, the friend of mine like who ultimately I did end up like spoiler alert. Um, we did fight. Um, okay. I, again, I don't know how I convinced him to do it, but there was, we, we, but we, we agreed, okay, we're going to fight and there were some ground rules. Um, I couldn't hit him in the face. Okay. And I wouldn't let him, like he couldn't step on my feet and here, cause here's the really genuinely cringy, embarrassing part of the story is that I was wearing Birkenstocks um i was wow. in a birkenstocky phase of my life like i said i was doing a lot of searching and i think i searched my way right into a pair of sandals and did not get out of them for a few years that's
0: a that's a big shocker yeah
1: isn't it i, I mean for real yeah well i'm not a sandals person and in fact i no. think when I, I look at sandals now i'm like get those fucking things out of
0: here but um birkenstocks okay Birkenstocks, big time big um, big reveal right big there. birkenstock energy um, I like that that's a rule like <laughs> don't step on my feet and, and I won't uh, punch, punch you in the face. face it yeah. seemed reasonable but he could punch you in the face
1: I think there was like a tacit like you know he wasn't gonna do it it was body shots essentially okay. the, you know which is like pretty standard when you're kind of like you know play fighting roughhousing with friends or something right, it's like right. you know no, no hits to the nuts no hits to the face and then in my case don't step on my feet because I'm wearing fucking Birkenstocks um so we laid out the ground rules and started to fight, and so it started out sort of as you might. Expect, it, was, it was me. I'm not really a, a, a fighter; I haven't been in a ton of fights, but I, I, I could, when called upon. I guess the kid that was that agreed to, to fight me or fight fight with me again.
0: It's like it's, <laughs> yeah. It was
1: not particularly like fighting, but um, but he was not a fighter. Did like very clumsy and um and it's probably about as embarrassing as you would think it would look um yeah and and sure enough this fucking guy steps on my foot and I don't know I don't think it was on purpose like I don't think he was like tactic step on your foot he just stepped on my foot right right and again lot of lot of stuff happening in my mind and body at that point like my whole self was filled with pain and rage. Yep. <laughs> and I just punched him in the face so hard. I Everything, and I probably, like, it's, he didn't get knocked out or anything, but, like, I punched him so as hard as I could in the face. He said, oh, dude, you punched me in the face. I'm like, you stepped on my foot. And that was sort of the end of the fight because, like, we were both upset at that point and it, like, would have turned into a real fight. Right, right, um, <laughs> right. So we stopped fighting. But here's where, like, things really start to get weird... everybody else... the people had started to gather... like there were people in the yard anyways... because it's a party... people are hanging out... but people had started to gather... and were watching... and getting a kick out of watching... two idiots fight... and then they all started fighting... like all these like individual fights... sort of broke out... in the yard... and I... again I was... I was play fighting... you know it wasn't... I don't think anybody was really trying to hurt anybody else... but it's a fucking weird thing to see... When you're high on drugs, yeah, like surging with adrenaline, and you look around and like all these random fucking kids are like, you know, boxing each other. It was really weird. Um, that said, I have confirmed that that happened. That is not a okay, it's not a hallucination. And I should say all of this is confirmed. Um, I, I I did do some investigation recently just to make sure that I bet. wasn't. Um, I don't want to come on here and. Uh, you know, deceive your, your listenership. Yeah. And it's Um, not,
0: it's not like what Fight Club turns out to be. Yeah, exactly.
1: And the, yeah, the the podcast is not the best story I ever made up on drugs. Um,
0: (laughs) So spin-off, spin-off series. Yeah. yeah.
1: That whole thing dies down. I guess, I mean, again, nobody was really fighting. So, you know, the moment passes and kids get bored and they go back to being at a party. And so, you know, cut to probably a couple hours even later, it was late um, at this point. The mom of the house okay. that we're at the, yeah. um, came home okay. and she had four Russian men all rip-roaring drunk. I mean, and maybe on other drugs too. I, I mean, they were fucking like wide-eyed. They were probably coke and ball. I mean, like they had that look about them, sort of tooth-grindy, red eyes, really wasted um, but then they kind of get in the house and disappear for a while they're off drinking and you know doing whatever and so we're outside so
0: of. they didn't really stop what was happening no
1: no not at all it was I mean it was not that kind of a parental situation anyways it was like partying out here is okay okay you know, it was like one of those houses okay Um. and then some time passes they come back out to the front of the house even seemingly even more fucked up demanding a virgin.
0: The, I don't- The Russians? The, well, the Russians and the mom.
1: The, um,
0: the, so these five adults are like, we want a virgin. Yes,
1: they're like, we want a virgin, we need a virgin. Um, like I'll spare you my version of the accents, but-
0: Sure, sure. You know,
1: they, they, they wanted and needed a virgin. Okay, um,
0: wow. The kid
1: that I had been fighting with, we sort of were joshing him and was like, well, he's a virgin. Um, he's like, guys, shut up, shut up, and you know, and and nothing really came of that specifically. Again, I don't know what they were really after—if they were going to sacrifice women or if they were going to Bible study. Bible study is what it was for sure. Sure, yeah. Um, and uh, but this guy, um, the virgin, uh, had a big, like, big curly hair, big curly blonde. Okay. Um, and. He leans back into a candle. (laughs) In like his embarrassment or whatever it was, he leans back and his fucking head just goes up in flames. It's like the Michael Jackson footage, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just like that. His hair is on fire. And so there's this sort of scramble to put it out. People are tamping down his hair and smoke and just awful burning hair smell. And the mother comes racing up to him. And I'm thinking, like, she's finally, like, she saw this and now she's kicked into, like, parental mode. She sees a kid's hair catch on fire. Yeah. yeah. She's going to do something about it. She's going to be an adult. And she runs up to him, shoves her face in his, like, you know, mound of smoldering hair, and just does, like, a deep inhale and comes up from the inhale and says, I love the smell of burning hair.
0: <laughs> what?
1: And it's like, the. And, and at this point, and I'm still high, but like it's not as. It's not as sort of pronounced. So I'm definitely like in a place where I can be like, okay, this is weird. Like I thought that she was gonna like help this guy. And, and it's just, anyway, so she. Um, she loved the smell of burning hair. And and so she made us all aware of that. And after, I guess, she realized that he was not in danger, um, went back in the house with her, her Russian pals. And, and that was the last that I I saw of them. Um, and that's also more or less the end of the story. I, I, I don't know how I got home. I mean, the assumption is that I yeah. got a ride from my friends. But, like, there it's a... It's not like a blackout. It's just like I mean, it's yeah, twenty years ago, um, and I was you know on mushrooms, so I did. It, it gets a little fuzzy at the end there, but um, that but the look on her face, yeah, when she because it was like if you you know as I'm, we've all seen people do cocaine in movies or in real life, um, and there's this sort of caricaturey thing that you definitely see movies where people they, they put their head down and they do the line of cocaine and they come up and it's and like you know, there's a sort of look on their face. Yeah. And that yeah. was the look on this mom's face after oh. smelling the burning hair when she should have just been a fucking parent and taken care of this kid who had just moments before yeah. been on fire. So that's the story.
0: That is uh Yeah, that that definitely went in so many directions that I did not even think uh, and you know, I, I feel like the, there's sort of this overarching thing about, like, how do you deal with grief? Period. Yeah. You know, I mean, even at even at the age we are at right now, but especially if you're a young person in high school, and then For like, sure. someone you, close to you is gone, like, I don't even know, what do you do? Like, who knows, right?
1: Exactly. Well, and, and, you know, especially at that age, I mean, as I mentioned, you know, off air, before we started, um, what what connected because initially the story was just the party. It was the story oh, of okay. the mushroom trip and, um, you know, John Coltrane and Flight of Dragons and, and Fight Club and, and the Burning Hair. That was the story. And it wasn't until um, a few weeks ago that I made the connection to the first half of the story. And that I, the reason I made that connection was because I, I, I recently lost somebody else. Um, probably my first friend. Um, mm. And... But it, you know... It, I'm, I guess I hadn't really specifically thought about bringing that up, but I'm bringing it up now because you mentioned, you know, even now, how do we deal with grief? And it occurred to me that, like, part of maybe why my brain made that connection was that, you know, I'm even still kind of trying to figure that out for myself now. Like, like you said, as an adult, how do you, right? How do you do? How do you do something like that? As a kid, you don't even have. I mean, you have what people tell you. You know, sure. Your parents, your people. Oh, it's going to be okay. He's in a better place, you know. There's any number of things that you might there's, hear that, that that you know give you a way to shape how you feel about. Sure, this thing. like
0: a like an adult figure gives you kind of like a script. Exactly, like exactly. These are the things we do to mm-hmm. mourn and exactly. you know grieve, and then you kind of do it. Yeah, you
1: try those things out, and maybe they work, maybe they don't, maybe you augment them, and then you know that's one of the, you know you kind of are. That's one of the things I think. Loss, grief. The first time you experience it is like it kind of sets you off on a new, not necessarily like a new branching path, but it, it sort of marks a stage in your existence. It's the first time that you really felt something like that. I mean, grandparents, both my grandparents had died Yeah. at that point, but that's what grandparents do. They, they die. Um, so you know, when it's somebody your own age, it's, I mean, it totally shakes the ground underneath you, you know, I mean, we're, especially at the, you know, you're in high school, you're not even aware that that can happen. I think I I knew one kid who like had like childhood leukemia or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, I was not, I mean, I guess I I knew what an aneurysm was, but I
0: didn't really know what an aneurysm was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're, you know, if you're fortunate you grow up and you think you're invincible. Yeah, exactly. Because like nothing happens to your friends that are like fatal. Yeah, yeah. No, of course. For and for a, a fair a amount of time. people. I mean, yeah. a long time. Yeah. I mean,
1: realistically, had had that not happened, it wouldn't have been until yeah. <sighs> it's a whole other story. Um, the week before *Sunchoke* came out in theaters in 2016, the production designer on that film and my 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 previous film and, and one of my closest friends yeah. died. <laughs> it's so a lot of a lot of these things i guess um i've ha- i've i've been through it more than i i would like certainly um but that would you know that was 2016 so i would have skated on you know yeah 17 years or 16 years of of you know having to go through something like that um obviously i you know i'd prefer all of my friends who are gone to not be gone um oh for sure but you yeah, you. It it starts a new kind of phase of your development as a person, and and so again, in these last few weeks, I guess I've been looking for like I'm out of a I'm out of my mushroom phase, um, but <laughs> green tea, man, green tea. Um, you All know, day. I'm I'm looking for ways to to process that, and and I think you know, yeah. and and ultimately will be for in in some ways the rest of my life. I mean, that's what happens when you lose somebody is that as long as you're alive, you're going to carry that with you in some way.
0: That's kind of what I, yeah, it's kind of what I feel like is that connecting thread of, of how you actually weren't intending to tell the first half of the story. Mm-hmm. Cause you, it wasn't maybe top of mind or just mm-hmm. like, yeah. you, you were just like, Oh, I had this crazy party experience. And then you're like, Oh, I know now I remember why I was at that party and what yeah. happened leading into it. And like, it's actually a much more kind of, Deeper mm-hmm. thing, and then you, you know, and then like me, just like the listener, is like, oh, I could get why you wanted to fight at this party. I get why you maybe wanted to just yeah. escape, right? For sure, uh, and like have a shroom experience and listen to music, and then your friends like, oh, let's just go out, you know, not really knowing, yeah, because like right, like even people, you know, not teenagers don't necessarily know how to talk to someone who's dealing with the loss. Like, oh I yeah, don't? no, I, I can't. That's and yeah. it's funny you mentioned yeah.
1: that. I can't even imagine. Like my friend who came over that day and we smoked yeah. all the cigarettes. Like, what, what must have been going through his mind? Like, how can I be of help to this person? I don't even. Like he he would have felt whatever sadness he felt because again they they were they knew each other but were not yeah. super close. But like yeah, it's like how do I how right. do I aid this friend of mine in this moment? In in a situation that is so foreign, and and strange. I mean, death. I think any time it happens feels unnatural, even though it's literally the most natural thing that can happen. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, feels totally unnatural. And, and yeah, at that age, um, you know, I think, yeah, they thought, Hey, let's get him out of the house. You know, let's, let's, let's show him a good time or, yeah. you know, um, and I mean, I'm glad they did. And I'm, I mean, I've got the story certainly. Um, yeah. And, um, but it is, it is a curious thing working out grief um again not something that that you're ever really spared on a long term and so no. you're going to get it at some point
0: it kind of relates to like my i guess my wrap up question which mm-hmm. i ask all the time is like i mean how how do you feel kind of telling what is probably a you know somewhat cathartic story out loud? like you know, people other people can like kind of like hear this like kind of yeah, like yeah it's yeah. I mean,
1: it's weird you know it's weird i you know i, I again i'm not with my, with my friends and, and, you know, people I'm sort of close to. I, I'm, I mean, I'm a storyteller by nature. That's, I mean, we met in a screenwriting program, like we're yep. both storytellers by nature. And um, so I, I, again, I've told parts of the story, um, but I, I, as I, as I mentioned earlier, maybe before we started recording, but like the, I've never told the whole thing. And I think part of that is, you know, the second half of the story is like the fun yeah. part, you know? And I think maybe even subconsciously, it's sort of like, well, spare people the the sad stuff at the beginning and just focus on the weird drug shit because that's what gets laughs. Um, but it, you know, again, for me, sort of processing through what I'm processing through right now, it was an interesting experience to kind of have that realization of like, oh, right, there's this whole back half to this Mm -hmm. story that I kind of scrub I think when I when it comes to mind because again it's not the fun part it's yeah whatever but uh but it's it's important for me to remember that like you can't you can't have one without the other you know um and I think that's maybe the thing that that I try to come at grief with is that you can't have one without the other. Um, mm-hmm. You can't have joy in your life and, and, and expect to never experience pain. Um, but pain isn't just pain. You know, it's just a part of a a whole. And yeah. so, you know, yeah, it was interesting to, to realize, oh, right, like there's this sort of more... Kind of holistic version of this story that, when laid out all at once, mm-hmm. means more to me certainly yeah. than than just you know the time I got fucked up and had a weird <laughs> the
0: party. Uh, well, I think that's a nice way to close things out. Um, yeah, thanks Ben for being on the on the podcast. Thanks for for having me, Dave. Uh Suncho, people watch it.
1: Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Um, there you go. Uh, yeah,
0: eighty-six uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes. There Don't you go. Get it. All right. Well, <laughs> there you we go. Thanks so much, and uh, bye. Bye. Hey, if you'd like to know when our next new episode comes in, it's easy. You can subscribe for the best story I never told. That's right. On iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher.